0: I can't confirm this because like, I have no idea. Try to look I it up? It says,
1: yeah, maybe look it up. Um, and joining me today as you hear in the other side of the room, not the other side of the room, actually the other side of Sydney, is Tony.
0: Hey, how's it going? And it is the Lord of the Rings, colon, the Rings of Power. So,
1: colon. Colon. <laughs> <People say that.
0: laughs> what would you call it? Double dot?
1: Lord of the Rings, colon. Isn't it a semi No. <laughs> Now, I so it was a semicolon? Got a, I, th- I thought a colon is, is
0: exactly oh. semicolon, right? Because so you got you got one of them being different to the other.
1: Okay, anyway. that's why I have Grammarly. Because this episode is sponsored by Grammarly. <laughs> <No. laughs>
0: I was going to say, if you got a sponsor, I'd be pretty excited for you.
1: Yeah, I can pretend to have sponsors. I don't know if I'd get fined for that if you pretend they're sponsors.
0: Please sponsor us. We talk about semicolons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so we're reviewing the Rings of Power. We're a little bit behind in this. Where this is obviously season one. We're reviewing episode one in this particular episode. Um But I believe it's up to three episodes, with the fourth one releasing this week. Um so we have to play a little bit of a catch-up. And whether we do that catch-up of the weekend <clears throat> tony or um we just kind of roll with it and then you know there'll be sort of two or three episodes that we have to review after season one has completed
0: um i think realistically we should probably do it like we should catch up i'm guessing it's going to be crappy if we're like three episodes behind forever yeah right? I and mean, who's
1: going to really listen to these reviews right <laughs> if we like three episodes behind <laughs> we're the only ones that will be listening to this episode maybe and maybe some friends yeah it's just and a passion project baby and mum and, and dad <laughs> um, but uh, I've, I was excited to do The Rings of Power for one reason particularly and that one reason is The Lord of the Rings is probably one of my favourite if not my favourite trilogy of all time um, I have a little bit of a bias to it which I don't think is a bad thing I think bias isn't is inherently a bad thing and that bias is like, it's from my hometown, Lord of the Rings. It was filmed in my backyard, practically. I went to all the premieres. I went to the world premiere of all of them. Oh, except the Two Towers. The Two Towers didn't have the world premiere in Wellington. I remember that distinctively. So, the Fellowship of the Ring had the world premiere. And Return of the King had the world premiere. Um, and I went to all of them, you know, because I it was in my city. So... It has a very special place in my history of uh, film, I suppose. And I just also think it's an incredible trilogy. What do you think of The Lord of the Rings? I don't think I've ever actually... Yeah, I mean...
0: It. Nah, I mean, like, I... Look, I've watched all of them. I've gone out of my way to sort of watch the director's cut, the 12 hours. So I do enjoy it a lot. I don't think I'm a, probably as big a fan as you are. Um, I came into this series kind of pretty fresh. Like, I didn't know a whole lot about this series. Though I do want to mention... I think The Two Towers, the one you missed for doing the um, you know, world premiere on, that's my favorite one. That's the best one, in my opinion. I think this is controversial, too.
1: Mm. Oh, okay. Not entirely controversial. I think a lot of people would agree that Two Towers oh, is the yes. best film out of all three. Um, two Towers is a, is a dark film. Uh, and in, like, they take us into probably the deepest trench of the, I don't know, the plethora or the or the lore. And there's a lot of challenges that happen because, you know, the the Two Towers is really straight after the whole fellowship breaks up. And so they're at the most vulnerable part of their journey. Return of the King is basically them trying to come back together. There's a bit more comfort around the fellowship and their objective is a little bit more clear and there's a bit more confidence in their journey to Mordor, right? Whereas Two Towers, like, it's just... It's chaos. It's havoc everywhere. They, they're they a little bit lost. The friendships are kind of breaking apart. And yeah. So it's a pretty dark
0: film. Yeah, but. So you say dark, and I think there is like a lot of dark elements in it, especially mm. with the proto Sam bit, but like it's got the most exhilarating highs as well. Like when Gandalf shows up, I don't know, like mm. spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Two Trials. I don't think we need to say that like...
1: after 20 years of uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings being around.
0: But yeah, like when Gandalf shows up, that's pretty awesome. When the Ents like wreck Sauron's place, yeah. like that's like it's got the two most exciting and and um, enjoyable moments in the entire series. I think like the last fight isn't nearly as fun. Like it's, it's not. You don't feel nearly as good. It just kind of like goes out with a whimper. I feel like
1: the last fight in Two Towers. No,
0: in um, Return of the King, oh, like Return you of the know, King. they're doing oh, some really? shoot and some stuff happening. The ghosts pop up, murder everyone, and then it just it's just clean up crew after that. Like, are you
1: saying like the battle isn't that great? Like, it's definitely not one of the best yeah. battles in the
0: time. Really, I think Two Towers. I forget what it's called now. You know, the Siege Helms Deep. of Helm's Deep. Yeah, that yeah. is easily the best battle in the entire series.
1: And you know what, Helm's Deep. Just a little bit of uh, some fact dropping here um helm's deep was actually one of the hardest things to film in the entire filming of lord of the rings yeah it was the most difficult the most Damn. challenging they took cast and crew through like thick and thin they took them through hell and back pretty much um it was very difficult so you know all those nighttime sequences that were all done in like graveyard times um lots of lots of like heavy rain the entire shoot, yeah, that's yeah, and, right. And and all the extras and all the actors had to stay in their costumes, and and their costumes were just getting like wet. And can you imagine how unpleasant that would be? Filming hours and hours back to back of being in like super heavy costumes, you know, especially like with all the extras that were orcs and urukai. They're all in um, super thick like latex, so yeah, latex like rubber and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't the most comfortable costumes for extras to wear or actors to wear and so they had to bear uncomfortability in those crazy tight suits um while being hot being wet being um just like yeah just just super uncomfortable and you should watch the the document not the documentary you should watch the behind the scenes of um lord of the rings and especially the two towers the helms deep special it's pretty crazy what they went through
0: yeah, I'm kind of sad that, like, you know, DVDs came in for a bit, and then, like, behind the scenes was huge, and interviews were huge, and then DVDs... We don't of get that out anymore, of Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Where do we... Where do you watch
1: behind the scenes, now? I mean, I guess, like, the default's YouTube. That's where I watch them.
0: Right, okay. I haven't even looked. Like, pretty much back in the day when I had a DVD, you know, I was poor, so I just sort of explore every single minute of footage my DVD had. But now, yeah. like, yeah, I just don't watch it. It's terrible. To start it's doing just it not again. a part I'm... of our
1: thought process anymore, now, right? Like, it's not a yeah. part of. The... Like, nowadays, we watch films, we watch TV series all through streaming services, um, or at the movies, and then straight after that, we jump on our phone and we look up like cast members on on our phone or whatever. <laughs> we don't really and it's just like think about behind the scenes in the form of
0: quotes,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, that's exciting yeah. the behind the scenes stuff. And um, I still own in my DVD collection, my DVD and Blu-ray collection. I still own the massive collector's box of Lord of the Rings. Um, oh, which really? Is, yeah, it's huge. It's uh, the uncut edition as well. Um, the, sorry, the extended edition. Have you seen the extended edition?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 12 yeah, hours. Each, yeah, each
1: movie is basically four hours. <laughs> That's like some diehard good, Lord though. of the Rings shit. That is good, It is good, it is. I really enjoy the extended edition more than the theatrical. Um, yeah. And so in the box set, you have... The extended um, versions, you have the behind-the-scenes discs, which are called the appendices, um, and the whole box set is like twelve discs, I think. You know, so like Dang. three movies, and I, I don't know. Maybe it was twelve, or maybe it was like ten. It was a lot of discs, because the yeah. appendices were basically like two extra discs for each film. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty hardcore. Cool. So yeah, I'm I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I have this expectation of the Rings of Power to, hmm, um, maybe not live up to the, like, skyrocket expectations of Lord of the Rings, but at least have some kind of uh, resemblance to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Um, and maybe resemblance in the the sense of, give me that same kind of magic and give me that same kind of power that the Lord of the Rings was. Um, I think that's fair, right? Know, well, I'm not know. expecting I'm it to be, like, Oscar-worthy performances, or, um, I'm not expecting it to kind of blow my mind, and, um, you know, nothing, like, crazy like that. Um, I just want it to be good, I want it to be satisfying, and I also want it to have the same kind of magic that Lord of the Rings had.
0: I mean, for me, I'm coming off The Hobbit, right, and I, I personally, I'm not sure about you, but I, I hated The Hobbit, like, a fair bit, <laughs> um, it
1: definitely wasn't loved by a lot of people, especially the Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah, I
0: mean, like, don't get me wrong. The, the general premise is kind of all right. I just hate the third movie, to be fair. Actually, I'll, I'll correct myself. I hated the third movie a lot, and the other two were fine.
1: Oh, that was kind of the opposite. I didn't really like the first one. The distillation of Smaug, kind of liked it. And the third one, yeah, it was okay. But the first one was like, Oh right,
0: okay. Oh yeah, actually, actually to, I mean,
1: to I, be honest, like I, I don't I don't think it's actually fair to, for me to say anything about the hobby because I haven't actually seen it since I saw it at the movies, which was two thousand fourteen. Yeah, That's but your opinion
0: is the real, man. You can still remember how you felt.
1: Yeah, but you know, like we grow, we change our opinions, we get mature, or smarter. Maybe not in my case, I think I just get dumber each year. <laughs> yeah, so
0: you but, should just lean in.
1: <laughs> just lean in, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. But yeah, maybe I should, like I do also want to go through um, a, seri- a like a time where I review some of the films that I haven't seen in so long and that I still have opinions on today, but those opinions are sort of dated back to when I first saw them. So The Hobbit no, could be one. No, really. no, no, no. And Lord of the Rings could be too, because like I, I would put Lord of the Rings under a microscope, you know, sort of a... Um, do like a five-hour uh,
0: podcast on it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Each do a one. 12-hour special. Yeah, Um, But yeah, I think it's fair to to kind of review a lot of those films that I still have opinions of that are only based on the time that I saw them. That's why it's actually really fun for us to be doing the the Nolan series. You know, myself and Nathan are doing the Nolan series right now, which is a little bit of a plug there, by the way, listeners. You know, make sure you (laughs) tap into the Legacy series, which uh, focuses on one director and um we go through the entire slate of films that are directed and or written and we're doing Christopher Nolan right now so you can check out those episodes um when you get a chance. um so yeah that, it's a good opportunity to do stuff like that through the legacy series and the next director we're doing is Tarantino and um if you really want to, cool. if you want to jump on the Tarantino series you can, you can choose whatever movie I'd be more than happy for you to jump back on and um review any of his films or if you want to review all of them you're more than welcome
0: to three-way it. oh
1: man sound writer, Best... three-way I think
0: <laughs> hey, three is all good man <laughs> <laughs> no tariff <Terry laughs> is a good one to do next though i think yeah man he's got a lot of good films i think they're all good aren't they like there's no bad ones
1: mm. weirdly enough no i don't agree
0: <laughs> what's a bad one give me one bad one before we move on
1: the hateful ape.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I fell off after um, Django. I'm sorry. I completely forgot about what happened after <laughs> Django.
1: There's <laughs> quite a lot of movies after Django. Well, not a lot. But after Django is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, Pay for and oh, that's it, I guess. Hey for Late and yeah, Once Upon a Time.
0: I, I haven't seen either of those. I know I meant to watch um, Once Upon a Time. I feel bad about it. I, I'll watch it. I'll do it between it's now. It's okay.
1: It's definitely not my favorite, but I've got to save that for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! All right, all right. Spoilers. Ah, uh, spoilers. All right. So, so let's actually move forward. Let's um talk about um just spend a little bit of time f- talking about our first impressions of episode one. Um, and episode one is called "A Shadow of the Past." Um, let's just uh, give our first impressions. It doesn't have to be too long because we can go through the entire plot. We'll go through um scenes, certain um highlights, I guess, of the episode. And we'll talk um, in detail of that, and then we'll eventually like summarize um, at the end, give our rating out of ten, and whether we I guess recommend it to the listeners or recommend or not recommend it. I mean, chances are the people that are listening to this review right now are people that have already seen it. Um. So yeah, first so validation. Is... Yeah, validation or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's always like a little bit of validation, right? Eh? Like good or bad.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, just, just fire some quick points on, uh, what your first impression was.
0: Oh, me? All right, cool. Um, I mean, my first impression, it was kind of interesting, right? Like, when I first watched it, I was like, you know, this is all right. Like, this is a very beautiful show. It looks really, really good. Um, and it's like the first time I've actually cared about stuff like that. Um, it's like, probably it's cause it's you're like, oh, cause, cause I'm,
1: cause I'm going to be on a podcast. So I should really like this. Yeah, story. I'm <laughs> going to review
0: this. I'm going to actually like look at it. And I tried to like, you know, I'm a positive guy, man. I, I tried to like it. But no, you're not the most negative
1: person
0: I've ever met. Really? <laughs> Shit, alright, in that case, cool, this is on brand in that case. Um yeah. No, is, doesn't, doesn't he not sound love...
1: like the most negative person? <laughs> but I'm,
0: I'm gonna, I'll accept it, I'll accept it. I'm That's sorry, I'm doing. sorry.
1: <laughs> Keep it no, no, no,
0: it's cool. But I'm just saying, um, yeah didn't love it it was a pretty boring show there's a lot of talking one thing that kind of bothered me actually is that i don't think i like galadriel as a character like at all
1: Ooh,
0: that took a long time for me to realize and i'm like crap i don't think i like this person which is kind of harsh
1: That's um but i didn't think you were gonna go I, there because because I, yeah. I think i i kind of agree with you about the galadriel thing but yeah go ahead
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of overall. I mean, look, there are some good parts. I'm going to, I am excited to keep going to see where it goes because I like the story. I like the setting. I think it's very beautiful. They've thrown a lot of money at it clearly. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. That's it. That's,
1: that's all your first impressions?
0: I mean, we're going to go through it like beat by beat. So I guess I don't have to yeah. go deeper than that. But. All right, all right. That's fair.
1: Um, My first impressions of the show is I think it's very similar to you. I. I didn't love it, but my impression was, I, I think we, we spoke a little bit about it after we both watched the episode, um, it was pretty initial, my impression, right, which is still hasn't changed today, which, I didn't love the episode, um, there's way too much, way too many conversations going on, and some of these conversations just don't really feel like they're going anywhere, or contributing to any forward-moving story, um... I do love the look of the world. I think the look of the world is perfect, almost. I, th- I mean, I think I'm, I, th- I think I'm kind of comfortable to say that it looks better than Lord of the Rings, <laughs> just aesthetically. I think the the it, color grading, yeah. the cinematography. I think, obviously, it's it's not a fair comparison completely because the technology is much more advanced today um, with filming and just visual effects in general, but. I think they've done a great job at detailing the color grading, especially. Um, just the, the frame rate that they decided to go with this, I'm glad they didn't go with that shitty high frame rate. Do you remember that high frame rate version of The Hobbit?
0: You know, I never watched it. I heard all these things about it, and it just sort of... It was awful <laughs> to watch. It was awful to watch. Because, you know, like we watch
1: films at 24 frames per second, whereas the high frame rate was double that, so it was 48 frames per second and it sounds amazing technologically on paper right but mm, no 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 no
0: (laughs) i kind of want to watch it now because like when i play video games i love it at like you know 120 hertz. yeah video games is
1: different though um because video games excuse me i just did a ugly ass burp (laughs) (laughs) um video games are different especially the kind of video games that i play it's like i'm right in front of the screen you need those frame rates to be a little bit higher um you need because you you're paint you're much closer to the detail in that um but i think that's as far as my explanation goes with like um, technology and frame rates <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah okay
0: i'm gonna watch the hobbit in high frame rate version and i'm gonna tell you what i think
1: honestly it's like terrible like you you'd think something like high frame rate technology is is subtle but this is like a oh jesus a sore thumb it's literally a sort of It's crazy. Everything just looks um it looks cheap. It looks like a cheap soap opera. Um Yeah, I think that's the best way. The, I think that was like the most um uh popular opinion about the high frame rate that it was like it felt like a, a cheap soap opera on Sunday
0: afternoon or something on T V. The other thing anyway. I was complained about, right? Like the backgrounds so of people popping off it. Okay, anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah,
1: anyway, moving on. But <laughs> Um, yeah, coming back to my first impression of this, it's, uh, yeah, I don't love it. I just, I do love the look of, of the whole world. Everything looks beautiful. Um, the cast, um, are probably looks like they've, um, cast like the most beautiful people in the world, like as elves, <laughs> which is, um, you know, that, that's kind of like the Alvin culture. I guess you have to get like very, very elegant, stoic looking people. Um, um, so everyone looks great. Um. I think the only other issue with the look of the film um, is the costumes. I think the costumes, the elves look great in the costumes. I think the costume department's done well there. But then when we go to the what are they called the half
0: foot half half feet, the half halflings yeah, <laughs> um, we call them halflings. I think they're half foot.
1: Yeah yeah halflings or whatever they are like someone's going to correct us and probably stop listening to us for not getting it correct, but um, yeah. it's. Uh, like their their costumes just looked cheap. It looked like a stage show. Like it looked like it looked quite fake. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like I it, kind it just of didn't. It looked. It, looked weird. it didn't look very polished. Like it looked like they were wearing costumes as opposed to, you know, it's a film. It shouldn't look like they're wearing costumes. It it should look great. It should look realistic. It should be believable.
0: Right. See, and I, I think for them, that, they just I, looked yeah. strange.
1: I just like was so like. you oh.
0: probably looked like? cheap and strange i thought it was like it was definitely strange like they felt like half fairies like there was just so much shrubbery in everything they were doing which mm. was weird to me from just a logical standpoint
1: they're supposed to look rugged because you know they live in the bush they live they live in amongst like the forests are so. i get they're supposed to look rugged but it just looks like mm. they've been hired to be actors to be these people <laughs> to wear costumes right it doesn't actually look very believable at all. i thought it was really cheap I was like, okay, so they clearly didn't spend much money on this part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if this just me, but grand. like,
1: it was just so obvious to me. It's like the first time we see them, I'm like, ah, uh, you guys look like you're in costume as opposed to being these characters. Um, I, yeah, yeah, and then overall, like, it's it's okay. I I don't hate the first episode. I wasn't completely bored, but I did find myself sort of looking at the time, going, how long is left on this episode? <laughs> Like, oh you wanted to gonna...
0: finish
1: yeah there were certain parts of the of the episode i think it was like right in the middle where i'm like all right guys we need to really switch gears on this uh, storytelling yeah. right now and we need to kind of move it and <laughs> there's that a, a lot of forward right. movement there's a lot of like dwelling right going on there's a lot of dwelling in um what what's supposed to be this kind of impending threat that only one or two two persons is concerned about everybody else is kind of oblivious to it um, and, and de- not, not oblivious, but de- in denial, right? Everybody's in denial of, like, a new threat um, coming up, which is actually the same the same kind of, um, uh, not story, but the same thing that they do in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, um, where they don't believe that there's a threat coming anymore, and there's only, like, a small group of people that believe that there is a threat coming, um, mm. which ends up being Sauron. Um, so, yeah, with this, it's like, there's just way too much talking in the first episode, and it doesn't make me excited to really watch the second one. But again, like we're gonna be watching the second one because um, we have we to. Have now. to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I do believe that, or at least I'm optimistic to think that it's gonna get better. And I've actually heard accounts of, um, like I've heard a couple of people already review episode two and episode three, and they say it's much much better. Actually, the, the first group of people that got to see it at the cinema. Because um, you know they did a special cinema release episode one and two, yeah. Um, and so all the fans like where they dressed up and as elves and whatever, and um, they all went and they said it was really enjoyable, but primarily for episode two, not necessarily episode one. So apparently, what there's a difference between episode two. So.
0: Okay, yeah, oh, pretty exciting. So, okay, cool. cool. Pretty
1: yeah. exciting, I guess. So that's our <laughs> overall impressions. We should probably get into the plot a little bit um but first before we get into the plot um let's talk about the cast and crew um so the the cast in this movie in, in the series have no idea i don't know any of these people and when i'm looking at the names of the cast members it's it, it's almost like it's no different to the names of like the rings of power like these names are so hard to <laughs> to pronounce i'm like what are these names? It always seems like the Rings of Power names are much easier to pronounce than their real names. Um, Tell you what,
0: for Marigold, that is definitely true. <laughs>
1: well, even for Galadriel, you know, so let's start off with, like, um, oh. the actress playing Galadriel, I don't know that this name, it's like Morphid, I guess it's Morphid? Yeah. Morphid Clark. Morphid Clark playing Galadriel, I'm I'm assuming that Morphid is, um, I was going to say Israeli, what am I thinking? <laughs> Irish. <laughs> Irish or Scottish, yeah. right? It has to be one of those things. Um, then we have a guy called Ismail. Ishmael? Ismail. Ishmael. Ishmael Cruz Cordova playing Arrow I, I might need your help to pronounce these
0: names. <laughs> I think Arrow right? He's the. uh Arondir. He's one of the elves. The reverse Aragon.
1: V- reverse Aragon? <laughs> reverse Aragon. <laughs> what do you mean, reverse Aragon?
0: Oh, he I tried to say.
1: Sure. Yes, yes. He's like. He's the first. Uh, love interest I guess. Before, no, not the first love interest. No, I'm actually getting this, the characters mixed, mixed up now. I'm thinking like Aragorn. He's the one that's a going interest. up with the
0: human. Yeah, he, he's he's doing human to elf relations. Arondor is doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was thinking,
1: I, I, I was thinking you might have meant that it was. Um, uh, Aragorn and Galadriel and the Lord of the Rings, but that's not what you meant. You just meant like human and, and elf. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, yeah. He, yeah, him and Arlen
1: yeah, Arwen, Arwen, yeah. Anyway, oh my gosh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, Then we have... Exactly. We have Sara Zwangobani playing Marigold Brandyfoot. We have uh, Jaya Sundera playing Malva, who's also probably one of those like halflings, whatever. Uh, Robert I Arameo, we think, yeah. Robert Arameo plays Aurond. Um Benjamin Walker plays the High King Gilgalad Gilgalad? Yep, I think that's right. Which is um what's his name's father? Help me out here? Sorry?
0: Whose, uh, father? whose
1: father? Whose father is it again? Elrond's father, right?
0: It's Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is he related to I didn't actually know that. No.
1: High, the High King Gilgalad
0: isn't that his father? Is Elrond's dad? No, I didn't know that. But I mean maybe. <laughs>
1: I thought that was the whole thing, because he becomes the king of, um, that place, whatever that place is. Do they
0: follow, like, a traditional father-son kingship? I don't know. I'm
1: assuming it is. I, I don't know. Like, we, we could be completely <laughs> wrong. We're obviously not very good at this whole Lord of the Rings lore thing, but...
0: <laughs> we should read The up. important okay, wait, um, thing is that no, we're very go. excited about Lord of the Rings.
1: <laughs> um... We'll have to look that up later. Uh, then we have Wolf Fletcher playing Finrod. We have Fabian Mc, uh, McCullum playing Thondir. We have Lenny Harry playing Sadok, Burrows, Kip Chapman playing Rian, and Maxine Cunliffe playing Vilma. Um, I honestly can't remember many of these characters because um, I don't think they actually do a lot to... Um, vocalize the character names quite often in the nope. in episode one you know there's not a lot of like mm. name drops to kind of get the audience familiar with um these names um but I'm pretty sure we'll get used to them over the series it's directed by J.A. Bayona which by the way I want to watch his <coughs> some of his films because there's a lot of uh reviewers on YouTube that recommend the films that he's making cause they say that he's probably one of the best filmmakers today uh J.A. Bayona um He's yeah. He's made a couple of like, horror films or thrillers and stuff that are apparently quite amazing. Cool. Um, and then the writers of this episode is John D. Payne and Patrick McKay, who are the writers of Flash Gordon.
0: <laughs> like the original?
1: <laughs> the original. And I oh, think they're damn. in talks to try and re, um, redo Flash Gordon for, for now. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but yeah. That was actually the last thing that they wrote um was flash
0: gordon years ago okay this makes a whole lot of sense now (laughs) that is
1: that is brutal that is brutal um so yeah let's get into the let's get into the plot right so starting from the beginning we get this massive exposition of the dark lord mogarth um, being defeated by the elves, and who else was in that war? Was were the humans in the war? I can't actually remember.
0: Not by name. It sounded like it was just all elf glory. It was just all. It was by the way. Yeah,
1: it was like the elves I, versus these guys.
0: Are you skipping out on the uh, uh, the boat scene, the most integral theme to this show? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Okay. Well. I guess, I, guess, the I guess the introduction of this of this episode is a flashback, and but the real introduction is like with is is the whole setup of where the story should be going, which is the story is going to be about us learning <coughs> about the mighty high power uh, Lord Morgoth and how he um trans not transcends but he gives his um, successor, which is Sauron, the power to. Do whatever he needs to do um and then it's also the origin of the the nine rings and so that i guess that's the main introduction of episode one which is the whole setup for the entire series but yeah we do have that flashback sequence where it's the whole boat thing um and it's like between her and like she's i don't know I, like 12 years, I guess yeah 12 years old and it's, it's kind of like that classroom bully situation <laughs> where she's just wanting to see a boat float down a river I didn't actually understand that scene at all. I didn't understand what was going on. Oh,
0: I don't know what they were trying to say. So looking back on it, I just felt like this was one of the many, many scenes where we're just trying to show, hey, you know, Galadriel, she's quite tough and she's also quite heroic and stands up for herself. So, you know, suck that in the crowd.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a bit of like foreshadowing, I suppose, like for you to understand a bit of the um, strengths of the character. I get that. But I just didn't see why it was there. <laughs> I just don't know if that, that made the episode even better. Like, if that wasn't at the beginning of the episode, it, the episode wouldn't really change. Like, it wouldn't really be less of an episode, apart from the
0: runtime. <laughs> but um, Especially s- because like, they do that, like, two or three more times, right? The exact same message. Mm. But her is the grown-up. yeah.
1: It just didn't, like, really sort of have its place. I, like, in terms of telling a, a good, strong story, I just don't think that scene would, um... Like, it doesn't contribute to the episode being better or anything like that. Um, it just gets more exciting when you have the real flashbacks, which is about um, Dark Lord Bogoth getting defeated by the Elven Kingdom. Let's call them that, the Elven Kingdom. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's a, it's kind of funny, actually, because, like, I feel like... So, it, that's, okay, like, spoiler alert for the rest of this episode. I feel like that montage is probably the best part of this whole show, right? Yeah. Like, that That Morgoth shows up, there is a war, and she kind of, like, thinking back on this, is kind of funny. She says, oh, I thought that, you know, these beautiful times would never fade and it'd all be great. And then, but Morgoth comes and destroys everything. But mm-hmm. the only um, interaction we've had with Valinor as a place is that the bully kids are pricks, and they wreck your boat for no reason. And he didn't seem <laughs> particularly happy.
1: No. For her yeah. at
0: least. Anyway, mm. just a side note.
1: Maybe maybe a part of the reason why they didn't want to start with the flashback sequence because it may be to w- m- suffer from it being far too close to the Lord of the Rings. Because the Fellowship of the Ring main... starts off with a flashback with uh, um, the king. It's a flashback
0: montage?
1: The king, uh, the human king. That's like the,
0: yeah.
1: you know, Aragorn's dad. Guy. Aragorn's no, not dad. It's like great
0: granddad, isn't it? Is oh, it okay, dad? maybe. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Shit. You're right. It's a couple of centuries. There's a lot of things we don't know. <laughs> we know. It's been a long we know, time, man. We know
1: situations. We know situations, right? We know things that happen in the films. <laughs> um, but yeah, Fellowship of the Ring starts off like that. Um, so maybe they were just like too scared that it would be too close to it's To building. be fair, I, I think it, it
0: also it shows the brother being a nice guy because we're supposed to love the brother, right? Like, but mm-hmm. when he dies, you're meant to feel something, and if you don't see him be smart here, maybe you don't feel anything.
1: <clears throat> well, I think that's why this this episode doesn't have as much impact as it should because anything that is emotional or that we should feel emotionally connected to just kind of falls flat because there's no development of any of these characters or any of these scenes so we don't know much about these characters at all and maybe that's not the purpose of the first episode is for us to sort of feel connected that way but if because we're we're sort of like criticizing um this episode for what's good and what's not so good um they could have had a better way to introduce the characters and and i think the the whole episode doesn't doesn't even attempt to develop and introduce the characters correctly. You know, so, mm. like, I don't... I'm not excited to see any of these characters in the second episode. I, I just know they're going to be in the second episode because that's just the way it's going to be. It doesn't make me go, oh, I really like this character. I can't wait for this character to be in the next one. Like, it isn't... I'm not all that excited for the characters. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. Um, so, the elf finrod died searching for his servant sauron
0: Morgoth servant
1: morgon servant yeah finrod's sister Gladriel vowed to continue the search and finds an abandoned fortress in the north northern westlands of fordwaith it's <laughs> gonna be so hard to pronounce all these things though. Eh? uh which yeah. bears sauron's mark um I'm just trying to but, remember, was, was there a Sauron mark in the Lord of the Rings series? There wasn't, right? This is just like... Something I think there was. Show.
0: There has to be. I remember there being a mark. But just going back, the thing that's kind of interesting is that, like... This is one of the reasons why I don't feel like Galadriel as well. Like, this is part of my, my initial thoughts. It's like, you see this brother, he's a nice guy. Then you see him at war, he's quite heroic. Then he's dead. And then she, like, grabs his sword and she's like, you know, your, your mission is now my mission, brother. And she does a lot of logically non-intelligent things after this, right? Like, she just, like, goes head first in the battle and, like, doesn't quit, right? And, like, she's right, so don't get me wrong, it is kind of technically smart, but I think you're supposed to empathize with her being on this, like, single-minded bloodthirsty journey, because she loves her brother. yeah. And I think they're sort of affecting us to go on that journey with her but we can't because we've only seen that guy for like 30 seconds
1: and we don't even know much about gladio either to sort of warrant that kind of support um yeah like it it doesn't there's there's just a lack of development um to start with the character um and you have a whole series to kind of build that character i don't think it's like it's kind of cool to see her go in battle but where is this conviction coming from is like the question that i'm asking you know like where is this conviction coming from for her to kind of feel like i need to take this responsibility she doesn't well she doesn't really need to take this responsibility because like why why does she have to do that (laughs) it's not like it's a it's not like uh it's a part of her bloodline or anything like that um and if it is we don't know that i guess that's like you know the point of it um
0: because she just loves her brother and we're supposed to be like Oh, we love our family, so I can sort of get why you're doing this collateral. <laughs> like, I just think it's such a yeah. cheap
1: thing. It's yeah, it's it's a little bit lazy, um, and I think that's why it feels a little bit hollow. So you know, when they're in this, um, in that the icy mountain, which is, uh, I guess, this part. You know, the northern wastelands of Forodwaith, which bears Sauron's mark. Yeah. Um, this the scene is kind of cool. Like, I do love that. There's this. Um, I think the creature's kind of cool.
0: What do you think of the creature? I mean, like, it was kind of interesting, right? Like, I feel like... You're talking about the Frost Troll, yeah?
1: Yeah. The Troll,
0: yeah. Like, I think it's kind of interesting in the sense that when you have the hand moving in the background trope, you're expecting some bad, bad stuff to happen. And no one dies, which is weird. Um, There's not a lot of
1: threat, I guess. There's not a lot of, like, um... Yeah, there isn't a, the threat doesn't feel real, especially when they're kind of pretty unscathed by the end of it.
0: Yeah, and the thing that's kind of annoying, like, so overall, yeah, it's a cool looking troll. But it just kind of felt like, this is another thing that I don't like about Galadriel. So the Frost troll, just to give some context, the Frost troll shows up, like it's sneaking on them all, starts beating everybody up, and then she appears, jumps onto it, and just like cuts it up in, you know, four moves and kills it, right? It's, like, pretty easy for her. Very, very hard for her team. Mm. And so... Which, which
1: I guess, is their way of trying to express that she's just more physically superior compared to all the other elves, perhaps.
0: Yeah, because the thing is, that's kind of weird about that is, like, one, um, having all this, like, I guess, like, this, this tension about this frost troll showing up and is it going to get the drop on them? Like, that all just mm. sort of washes away. Yeah. Two, like... The thing that kind of pissed me off is that she was so much better than them that she just murders this frost troll very, very easily. So Mm. then, you know when they're actually walking to the ice tower Mm. and, like, one elf drops and she's like, no, 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 we're going to keep on going, we're going to keep on going, and she just, like, doesn't care at all? Mm. It just seems like she's so much better than them. They all desperately need her help, and she's willing to, like, get them all killed. Yeah,
1: Mm. and she's being a bit of an ass about it. And when they're climbing up the mountain
0: same thing like mm. she's 50 meters away
1: <laughs> and I get, anyway. I get the i get the writers and the directors are trying to show that she's very very superior and stuff but it's like you kind of you know when you write heroes when you, when you write a, a, a hero's journey you it's a gradual build-up to that hero's arc right um yeah and i guess for somebody who's going to be the hero of a series you don't really want to um, turn that hero into an enemy for the audience members to start with. You kind of want to do some good things to develop that character um, and then slowly build on it. But here it's like she seems like a bit of an ass to everybody else. And, you know, like, maybe yeah. it breaks, like, in the next few episodes and stuff. And she, she's obviously, like, learning a lot about her journey. And she's eventually going to turn into Kate Blanchett at some point. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I get that. but like, the thing is, like... i I know that there's a positive aspect to this right like she's single-minded she's driven she's very very talented she's skillful and you're meant to like sort of resonate with all those positive traits Mm. but all i'm seeing is like she's someone who's willing to sell out her team when the team doesn't want to continue she clearly comes home so she Mm -hmm. feels like she needs them Mm -hmm. um and she's kind of so talented that now i it's just like difficult to sort of feel for her as a a protagonist because like is she just going to murder everything that goes in her and goes in front of her maybe <laughs> like yeah like yeah. when she gets hurt i'm gonna be surprised rather than impressed i guess i don't mm.
1: know i just hope that the next few episodes just does a lot more to it, allow us to feel in love with the character um and be I excited like about yeah and be excited about like where she's going to go and what her ambitions are going to be um yeah i think the ice draw was was kind of cool but it it's it does miss a little bit of that magic that Lord of the Rings were so good at doing, which was that whole build up to revealing a major like monster. You know, yep. I think it, yeah. I think about Shelob. You know, remember the Shelob scene? The way that was like yeah. directed, and the way we got the reveal for Shelob was awesome. Such a good lead up of suspense. Whereas with this, this is kind of it. Just reminds me of the Fellowship of the Ring with the Cave Troll. um this whole this whole scene you know i was gonna does, bring that up
0: I yeah it does remind me of that. ending
1: yeah but that whole cave troll thing with the hobbits and and the elves oh, well, it's the whole fellowship right they're all in the cave that's such a great scene the way it's all like choreographed it's the way it's directed again the suspense with them um, revealing the troll the big kind of jump scares it was freaking awesome and i couldn't help but think about that scene when i'm watching this you know I'm like,
0: uh yeah. this scene feels like kind I'm of just
1: thinking, nah, to... If
0: you're doing a shadow hand, it's gotta be a big deal. You you don't get like you don't get to do the shadow hand thing, the creepy round thing, and then you get wiped out in ten seconds. Like that yeah. shouldn't happen.
1: Yeah, the troll was so easy to beat. I was like, oh gosh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll I I'll was disappointed in that.
1: Yeah, a little bit underwhelming. But nonetheless, you know, so um I'm um, just kind of reading this part here he grants galadriel and her company the honor to uh, of sailing to valinor where they can live an eternal life at peace so um this kind of jumps like straight almost like to the middle part of the episode where galadriel is like she's the only one that's on this heroic quest to defeat the enemy that is coming back whereas everybody else believes that the enemy is never coming back because the enemy has been defeated um Yeah. So when she's so, yeah, yeah, Um, when she's so convinced, like she's part of her, wants to just go along with this whole sailing into Valhalla or whatever it is, you know, (laughs) into like heaven. (laughs) It by the way, like I, I just find it such an odd thing to put in episode one. Like, why are they sailing to eternal life? We don't know that much about the elves and their whole, like you know, their whole arc.
0: this one, I think, I do know a little bit about from from Lord of the Rings era. So I, apparently, like Valinor is like their home, and in that home, everything is perfect. They've got trees, and it's great, and they can live forever there. But in mm-hmm. Middle Earth, they just live for a real long time, and so everyone in Middle Earth is kind of like mad about being there,
1: right? I guess so, but I, you know, if you're if you know nothing. I mean, we said this before. If you know nothing about the Lord of the Rings story, this is going to be a very hard TV series for you to be convinced of it being good because oh. Episode One just wasn't that kind of uh, that kind of pilot episode that you really want because there's too many things yeah. that are unexplained, underdeveloped, like uh, characters and connections to characters, and um, everything is just kind of flailing. So this whole thing of being traveling to eternal life—is like uh i don't know if i needed that in episode one
0: <laughs> well it something so much from that whole prequel sequel thing where just like oh this guy you know this guy he's the guy that you love in that other show you watched and you're meant mm. to be like really jazzed about that mm. um and so much things are just sort of <clears throat> not really explained very well like this whole valinor thing like yeah it kind of feels like they go to heaven now that you say it like that
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah and why are they going there? I guess to go to eternal life. Okay, it's like, sure, right. But we just kind of yeah. meet these elves, so they just... We meet them for the first time for, like, five minutes, and they're like, peace, we're going to eternal life. <laughs> um, yeah. It just doesn't make any kind of sense to have in an episode one. It's, it it, it just seems so out of place. Anyway, so she's the only one that's convinced, right, about going um, into battle or seeking Sauron. Wait, is she seeking Sauron or she's seeking Mogath? I can't remember.
0: Mogath is dead in the montage. And so Sauron is the guy who took over, so she's seeking Sauron. Right.
1: Okay, okay. I just thought that she's maybe seeking the spirit of, like, Morgoth or some shit like that.
0: You know what's actually interesting? So, I thought this was really poorly done. Um, The brother kills Morgoth, like, sort of, they win against Morgoth, and then Sauron shows up, and then he dies to Sauron. It's kind of, like, not very well displayed, because you kind of can walk away thinking, oh yeah, he died to Morgoth.
1: Yeah, but the, I mean, the whole battle thing is is underwhelming at the same time because you don't see much of the battle. You just see, yeah, you just see some scenes of like a couple of swords getting like whipped around, a person dying, yeah. Galadriel holding the brother, like, and that's all you get. <laughs> like, yeah. well, you know, literally, the whole pilot episode could have been about the battle. Like, it could have been <laughs> that would have been like, so at, cool. At least half, at least half of the episode could have been about the whole battle and how this is. Going to eventually uh, connect to Galadriel's story, like that could have been
0: amazing. But no, we yeah. Didn't... Imagine the yeah. That's actually a really good point. Imagine the whole first episode was just that Morgoth battle, or maybe at least the Morgoth and Sauron battle. Mm. Take both yeah. of those, make them last an hour. That would have got me hyped for episode two.
1: Yeah, but instead they just decided to focus on like conversations between characters that
0: were just kind of boring. But then again, episode two would have felt.
1: no you just build from that (laughs) so yeah as the boat's like traveling like to eternal life you know she jumps out of the boat because she's like nah she Mm. she goes through a little bit of mental gymnastics and she's kind of like nah stuff you guys peace i'm out of here i'm gonna go back to middle earth and so she does like a big swan dive into the into the ocean and then it kind of does this weird thing of I don't know. It's 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 kind of like a weird moment to that's supposed to be a little bit fantastical and magical because she's kind of like dreaming when she's like you know swimming through the ocean. It has that kind of whole like dream kind of
0: thing. I don't even remember this. Yeah.
1: Well. Yeah. She's just kind of she's having a moment while she's like swimming away. You know, like thinking about what what her is her next step now. I just think it's just such a weird thing to do because, again, it just feels out of place. It feels like you're you're, you're dwelling too much on things that don't even matter to the story. <laughs> At least because, like, we don't know what the story is. We we don't know like the direction in which the story is going. So, um,
0: well, just that's another like number. I feel like that's like plot number four in the sense that like. It's another one of the, hey, she's really driven and she's really got a lot of conviction about this thing and she loved mm. her brother a lot. Because, like, it's like the first scene, the scene where she jumps out of the boat, the scene where she's, like, sort of at the tree statue saying, I thought I was going to die here, but I guess I can't die. Yeah. yeah, I'm, you know, I'm real sad about that.
1: Yeah.
0: And these just all show her to be, like, you know, really driven yeah. to achieve this goal that no one else believes is real, which, you know, mm. fair play to her.
1: Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I suppose so. <laughs> in the southlands of Middle Earth, elves uh, watch over men descended from allies of mogath mogath Morgoth. How do you how do you pronounce it? I say Morgoth, but I don't know. Morgoth. 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 <laughs> Morgoth. It's there? An... Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm saying it so weird. I think it's just because I'm struggling to say any of these words and names. <laughs> In the whole uh, Lord of the Rings lore. Uh, to the disprove of others, the elf uh, Arondir has developed a close relationship with the human healer Bronwyn. So we get an introduction of this elf who's probably the first brown elf we've ever seen in, <laughs> in the Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because elves are always, like, Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right? But, you know, we're living in an era of quote-unquote diversity.
0: vomit we gonna lean into it no it's good it's good more roles damn it more roles yeah whatever (laughs) I should
1: have had an Asian elf an Asian elf yeah (laughs) Um, yeah so we get introduced to this alpha I think he's kind of cool Um, and he's but, but when we meet him he's already had a connection to this human right I actually thought that he just got kind of he got, um, like, yeah, he, he just felt attracted for the first time to that human being, but it's not the case, right? They've had, they've got history.
0: Oh, yeah, like, they've been together a ton of time. He, he's yeah, been there for, yeah. like, what, 70 years, apparently. I didn't even get there every that. Like, I,
1: I had no, no idea that that was the reason why he was going to the town. Um, I didn't get that at first when we first meet him in the town.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's the reason, but, like, yeah, he seems to show up every two weeks, right?
1: Well, I guess that's part of the reason why he goes, right? He's got this love interest, and he's probably not allowed to have this kind of love interest with a human being. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like, we don't know what the rules are, um, the rules of engagement with the different um, races that exist within Middle-earth. Like, are the elves not allowed to, like, mingle romantically with well, human beings? Or, like, is there a bit I of a shame was, thing going on? Or
0: I think there's a reasonable job of explaining that because, like, his buddy, he's... he's uh, you know, patrol buddy, he mm. gives him shit for, um, you know, like, do I have to keep an eye on you? It's already hard enough without keeping an eye on you, right? Like, so he clearly disapproves, and then Bronwyn's kid clearly disapproves as well, because he like, loses mm. his, he gets real mad whenever, the, when that other guy implies that his mom is yeah. like, sort of shacking up with the elf.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I, I, maybe I just brought it down to the fact that he was disapproving because he's not doing his job. As opposed, like, and less about this thing, this kind of rift between elves mingling romantically with human beings, like, um... No, he
0: actually, like, I think they delve into it a fair bit, like, he goes on about, like, um, oh, there's only ever been one relationship between humans and elves, and they died.
1: Oh, okay. On
0: the bridge, remember? So it's like a kind of a throwaway conversation, though.
1: I don't know. I might have tuned out at that point. We <laughs> tuned out <laughs> in a lot of conversations. It's <laughs> like, oh, there's a lot this of talking. your job, man. <laughs> there's a lot of talking going on. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, that's going to be an interesting relationship to try and keep an eye on, and I can imagine this is going to obviously get a like a lot of the events of this series is going to impact their relationship as well. And um, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to see where it goes. Um, I hope so the larger about... a little bit. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say, I hope Galadriel has something like that as well, like, moving forward. Because yeah, I think... It's, it's important like, for a journey, a character's arc, to have that kind of romantic relationship that has an impact on their choices and decision-making.
0: Because I have a feeling like that they're, they're pitching this whole Elrond-Galadriel relationship. I don't know how deep that's going to go, but, you know, he's clearly yeah. into her, right? But yeah. just sort of on the other topic of the human town, I actually felt like that was probably one of the better threads of plot in this show in the sense that like they do a reasonable job of saying okay the elves have been here for a long time the humans hate them the elves don't trust them well that's the Um, best position
1: we have i think in the in the whole episode yeah it's the best development
0: it's 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 done in a pretty like sort of good way they don't just sort of beat you over the head with it oh they kind of do when that kid like gets real mad actually that's true but (laughs) Um, the romance is a bit hokey but the rest of it I thought was cool is what I'm trying to say
1: yeah I mean like there's that the, the the young kid part. there's that young kid inside the bar who also has a bit of a um, uh, breakdown not breakdown but he also has a bit of a uh, tantrum yeah he at like the elf right yeah, yeah and that's
0: the part where they kind of beat you over the head with it like without that it would have been a subtly made point about mm. an oppression by a group of people who are actually trying to do good which I think mm. is kind of an interesting thread right that's cool that's kind mm. of a in, in today's day and age, you know, pretty relevant. But sure. when that kid yeah. has that tantrum, it's sort of like, oh, okay, this is for everyone who wasn't going to get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and and I do want to see, like, it'd be interesting to see if uh, the humans are heavily involved in this whole TV series. I just wonder how much involvement they'll have, like, and what kind of war kind of unfolds. Is this the? Is, is this maybe the first war that? Humans, elves, uh, what else? Hobbits, half-halfling,
0: Dwarves, a dwarves, I guess, yeah. Dwarves, like, yeah. Is this if gonna be this the first show, time they all come
1: together, or
0: yeah, yeah. If this show doesn't end with the war where that dude's like slices off their own fingers, I'll be real mad about it. Like, that, that has to be the end of this show, right? Like,
1: which is the beginning of Lord of the Rings, is that what you're saying? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. like, oh, well, it's like a couple of centuries But then they would Lord have
1: the to, rings. I mean, they'd have to somehow introduce, uh, um Aragorn's father or grandfather, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Somehow.
0: You don't know anything about him anyway, so it's cool.
1: Hmm. Um what else happens there? So yeah, the disapproval of the others, um the Alpha Ar- Arador um has developed a close relationship with the human um, Bronwyn um, together discover that the village of Hordurn has been destroyed while Bronwyn's son Theo finds a broken sword bearing um, Sauron's mark now we don't know what that sword is so I'm, I'm assuming this sword's going to play a big role in the episodes to come I'm assuming if that's gonna... why they made the whole uh, a deal about it in that scene
0: what pisses me off is that like he looked at the sword and the sword like was doing you know vibrating stuff and he was like his eyes are getting really wide if mm. there is a possession trope in this show it's just mm. going to hurt my enjoyment of it a lot like the idea that like the son is possessed by the spirit of Sauron and is doing evil stuff and the mum's like oh no he's a little bit weird what's going on oh no I have to save him he's my son that whole storyline is going to piss me off if that happens I think it will and I'm not looking forward to it
1: um, I'm excited to see it piss you off then if that's the case But <laughs> <laughs> well, you're know I mean? it'll, oh, a it'll feel probably thing. a little bit cheap I mean yeah it is a very common thing and ah. it's a very cliche thing to do um, yeah, I hope it doesn't do that like the sword that possesses through the spirit of blah 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 I mean yeah. the, the, sword
0: the, Rings, not... the sword in
1: Lord of the Rings The sword in Lord of the Rings does that right? Like uh, what's the sword that stabs Frodo? It is Sauron's sword, right?
0: Was it Sauron's sword or? Oh, no, it just hurts randomly. That's an okay Oh, tool. sorry. I'm thinking like
1: Sorry, not Sauron's sword. The ball. It's just the sword from one of the fallen oh, elves.
0: That's... Yeah, the fallen king. Oh, is it? Yeah, fallen the fallen kings,
1: kings or something? and yeah, elf kings that are all mm. now possessed from Sauron, and they stab but, Frodo and the. Yeah, Sheldon. but
0: that, that, that just makes him hurt forever, which I think is like cool. That's that's great. Yeah, <laughs> That's a trope.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in some ways, Frodo is possessed, though. In some ways, right? Like, is he though?
0: Like, he never well, does anything that he doesn't mean to.
1: Yeah, he he does a lot of that. the The ring is is possessing him. Yeah, to do but the, that's
0: different. <laughs> Only a no, like thing makes him, no, It makes him put it on and then he bites it. Like you know, he, he generally no, but, will always not put it on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. But it, but it's it's sort of a lesson of temptation, right? Like, you know, the, the kind of things that you would do under temptation, like which is Yeah um I guess under your own free will, like you're not possessed to do that, but it just changes you as a person when you're possessed with certain temptations.
0: Yeah, like, you are right that in that show, like, Boromir does a lot of, sort of, um, possess-y, yeah. possess-y kind of stuff, but for some yeah. reason it doesn't hit me as badly, because, you know, he just does it once and he dies. Like, it's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not the same position you're talking about. You're talking about a sort of spiritual position and shit like that.
0: I'm talking about, like, it's not, like, just they're being tempted by something. It's more, like, they have no control, and then at the end when they get saved, after they've done some sort of damage, you're kind mm. of meant to go, oh, well, I can't blame this guy. He didn't know mm. the sword was evil. Yeah.
1: Et yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> so, near Valinor, Galadriel chooses to turn back and continue the search for Sauron, jumping from the ship into the Sundering Seas, which is what we were seeing before. Um, so at the same time, two curious half-foots, Nori Brandyfoot and Poppy Proudfellow. Did we meet these guys at the beginning of the episode or is this
0: the first time we meet them? No, so you kind of skipped over the half foot plot. Yeah, yeah, and I, guess I mean, there's not really much to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like like the you, you meet these people. They're they're hidden and they're little and they're cute and they do naturey stuff. And one mm. of them just happens to be very brave and mm. very reckless. Yeah, and everyone's we'll just... like, "Oh, you stop being like this."
1: yeah yeah everyone's like pretty grounded, and everyone's like very safe in their kind of uh lifestyle whereas you're which which kind of makes the one person that stands out stand out a lot more because this is clearly going to be a character that we're gonna see do grandiose things and <laughs> the remaining yeah. episodes.
0: and I think actually I could be talking a lot of crap here, but I feel like Brandyfoot is meant to be like I remember that name. From Lord mm. of the Rings, like they're saying, oh, only like the brandy, brandy from the ones that go out on the town and Yeah and, and do risky things. Us normal yeah, hobbits maybe, are normal.
1: Yeah, true. Like maybe like Bilbo says something like that in the first um movie. Yeah,
0: I think it's something like that. I, I know he's well, maybe about maybe one... it's just
1: um no 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 maybe it's just like the names that he mentions at his birthday. Do you remember that could speech be. that he does? says, like. Um, thank you for coming to my 111th birthday, and everyone's like cheering. Um, and then he mentions like the the families, like thank you to blah blah, blah." and I don't know what he's saying. Brandy (laughs) Foots, he's saying stuff. Yeah, I I mean,
0: I remember the name, or maybe it's just like me trying to trying to create an Easter egg out of nothing. Yeah,
1: I only remember. I actually remember a line from that speech. Um, his 111th birthday. That line is I don't know half of you half as half as well as I should like, but I do love I do like half of you half as well as you deserve. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why you that's a I line like. that ever re- remembered. It's actually pretty good. I've always wanted to say that at a birthday speech.
0: <laughs> you should. I reckon you can get away with it. Do
1: it at soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <clears throat> um uh, yeah, so at the same time, yeah, two curious fits, halffoots uh, foot um, Nori Brandyfoot and Poppy Proudfellow discover a strange man inside a meteor crater. So this is actually weird, right? So the meteor it starts off the beginning of the meteor happens when Galadriel jumps out of the, the ship. It's it's
0: it's a little bit montagey this whole part, right? Like You know, it's, <clears> yeah, it's before she jumps out. You know what's actually kind of interesting? I thought that the meteor was an attack from Sauron that was going to blow up Valinor when the portal was open. That's That was where my mind went when I saw the meteor. Like, you're, like they sent a the meteor <laughs> to blow up the town, and now they're blowing up their yeah. Homeland right after that. But no, Okay, that.
1: so my when I saw the meteor, I was like, has this gone into Armageddon or something? Like, what is going on here?
0: <laughs> I wish I, it was, it was Armageddon. I was
1: not <laughs> expecting a meteor in the world of Lord of the Rings. I was like is this turning into a sci-fi what is going on here like what's this meteor um, right. and then it gets it gets ve- like the way the episode ends it's it's a cliffhanger that I don't really care about like like you right. did, though. You cared about who this dude is. You thought it was Gandalf. No, it's it's only because I was like, oh, that must be Gandalf. <laughs> like, maybe this is how wizards show up, like, because they're from outer space or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was my only fault. But then, like, when I think about it, it's like, why is there a meteor crashing in this, like, you know, why is there, like, this kind of sci-fi meteor crashing into this fantastical fantasy land of Lord of the Rings? It, it just didn't, like, it was like, what? <laughs> it's very odd. But, um... You know, it's it's sort of revealed that it's like a... It's a naked dude with a big beard and seemingly long hair. So, my first thought was like, oh, maybe that's Gandalf. And maybe this is how we learn about where wizards come from. Like, Which is we cool. Don't know, you know, we don't know where any of these, like, races come from. Not that we need to, but, you know, people with magical powers, for example, would be really good to know how do they have magical powers and how are they now called wizards? And why are not... Why is there not more wizards? You know, there's... There's a shortage of wizards inside the world of Lord of the Rings. It's like there's two people that we know about, right?
0: There's like four, right? No, there's the uh in the hobbit, maybe, there's the um oh, the plant guy. Not the plant guy, the, 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 the animal guy.
1: Oh the rabbit he,
0: like, guy. Like rides he rides a sled of animals. Yeah, I think he's a wizard.
1: Um yeah, the, the dirty rabbit guy. Is it the yeah. dirty rabbit guy? I
0: think
1: oh so. yeah, he is a wizard, yeah. I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, there's a shortage of wizards, you know. But there's an abundance of like human beings and elves and <laughs> and hobbits and shit and dwarves. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be really cool if we got some backstory on on the wizards. And I'm hoping that it's Gandalf.
0: Like, who else? It could be it Saruman, which would also be cool. Ooh, because he's good
1: for and a maybe while. This, and so maybe I'm this is a, maybe this is an origin story for Sauron as well.
0: Yeah, like the redemption arc. <laughs>
1: That guy was a dick, I didn't like him in the whole Lord of the Rings series. <laughs> didn't even like him to start with. <laughs> even when we oh, man. thought he was good. Um yeah, so I mean that's that's kind of the whole episode. Um yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts like lingering there about the episode? Um yeah, Has it made you maybe I mean, like a little bit more after thinking more about it?
0: Nah. <laughs> 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 no. No. I'm <laughs> I like, less. like i'm thinking okay so the thing that's kind of interesting I, I wanted to bring up the fact that like they bring up keller brimble who yeah, the dude, Killer Bimble, yeah. i don't wanna, i don't want to say anything i guess i already screwed you over but um <laughs> he, like, so is ruined for me you, now. oh it was ruined before you got spoiled i think <laughs> <laughs> no, but like i feel like like if you have heard the name you're like wow big deal if you have not heard the name before, it's just a random conversation. And I feel like this is what this show does a lot of. Random conversations that don't particularly lead anywhere. Um, yeah. It's, they it's, a, a it's l- so
1: funny because... Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But I just want to That's interject right. real quick. Is, is like the introduction of Caleb Brimble, It's the way they the way they like write and direct the scene. It's supposed to be this kind of like, oh, what a cool reveal. But I'm like... Who the hell are you, and why should I care?
0: <laughs> yeah, right, it's Like, are you familiar with Taylor Brimble? And he's like, yeah, he's a big deal. Do you want to work with him? Yeah. And then you look at him, and he like winks at you. I think, and then that's yeah. The end of the he show. doesn't.
1: He doesn't say anything. He just looks and he does this like wink. And I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, who are you? So Do if I, you've played I the games, yeah, I don't even like, care if you're not if you're not in the next episode, or even if you are. Like, who are you, and why is this in this episode?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think, like, overall, like, there's a lot of things like that that could go anywhere. Two, I felt like they spend a lot of time driving home points that don't need that much time dedicated to them. Like, Galadriel is, an, like, a very, very powerful, driven person. They spend maybe 15 minutes on that, right? Mm. Um, their romance between Bronwyn and Arondir, they spend a lot of time on that. Mm. and so you kind of get this feeling that like they're not spending time on things that matter like the the mm-hmm. brother relationship to make you feel for galadriel or maybe <clears> some <throat> of the cool stuff such to at the end but then they spend so much time on like um just showing galadriel to be cool and and, and strong or whatever
1: and they spend so much time on just characters <sighs> talking to each other
0: and exactly these like
1: are just boring like they're very boring conversations elrond
0: talked so much about hey you're kind of in trouble um hey, if you think that this thing is going to happen, but, you know, <laughs> we're going to call you back. But they kind of can't call her back, right? Like
1: The thing is, like all the talking that he does, which is a lot, is really just about one thing. And he's yeah. just using different sentences to explain the same thing.
0: <laughs> and the last thing I probably want to say about this show is that I feel like it may, I don't know if it will because like how many other humans show up, but I think having a show that's like predominantly elves gets you into that sort of Jedi problem territory. Like, you know how in the prequels, everyone is, like, super wooden because they're yeah. Jedis and they have to be super wooden?
1: Yeah.
0: I think elves are similarly wooden. Yeah. And so if you have a show that's predominantly elves, like, the dialogue kind of has to be a bit shitty or else it's not um accurate. I guess, yeah.
1: But the dialogue is always... It's a very mellow tone. It's a very, like, sort of mallow, yeah. melancholic tone. And there's never excitement behind their their tone of voice is never it's always very like goddess and it's very like royal exactly, and regal they're <laughs> meant to be
0: very regal very <clears throat> very like well kept together and like mm. in lord of the rings you've only got legolas and he like yeah. chills out like immediately like you not the out immediately like the entire first one like isn't the best part of that first set of movies like legolas chilling out with um the dwarf whose name i forget now gimli gimli and like for the first whole movie, I think he's like trying to be regal, trying to be Elvin, and then mm. as it goes on, he he, he sort of he loosens into up the group, right?
1: Yeah, but he he's he loosens up. He becomes far more interesting as an elf, um, and he becomes more fun, you know, and creative. Yeah. And a, part of that, um, part of that is because of how well the relationship between him and Gimli works. Um, I want to see more of those types of elves, like uh, like more of like Legolas type elves, where they they break the mold a little bit, you know, they step out of their comfort yeah. zone, but then they don't actually lose sight of them being elves at the same time, because Legolas is still elegant in the entire series. Like he's still freaking the best archer in the entire Middle Earth and the entire universe. You know, he still yeah. he still has this elegance to him that he manages to hold up with his kind of funny charismatic side. His funny charismatic side is actually hilarious. Like. The dialogue that he has between him and Gimli—it's actually funny. It's like some of the best yeah, comedic great. points that we have. So I want well, to see more thing. of that. Like, like a like, lot of these guys are just yeah. like very stiff and kind of boring.
0: Like they kind of have to be. Like I don't blame the writers because the setting. Like why would they loosen up? There's no dwarf to help them loosen up. But yeah, now you're in a situation where you have a bunch of wooden people talking to each other.
1: It's hard yeah. yeah it's it's very hard scenes to watch when you got a bunch of elves just standing around in like very expensive costumes and good looking people with great makeup <laughs> and they're just, yeah, all just chatting the about like... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right, it's just,
0: it, it's a hard problem that they're in because of the setting and I don't know if they're going to figure their way out of it is what I'm scared yeah. about
1: I guess <laughs> we'll see We'll guess we'll see in the coming episodes I have like nothing more to add to this as well I mean we're we're kinda of, we're both pretty much on the same page. I would give this probably a uh, five out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Maybe i would... What do you reckon?
0: I'll not say five I think I'm I like you know, I don't like to give I feel like I'm too harsh
1: by saying five. I don't, I don't know if it deserves five, but like I think five is okay. I think five is like acceptable. Like Look, I don't love the episode, and like it's five is enough for me to go. Yeah, I, I'm keen to see the next one because I want the
0: next one to be. Better. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to stop it halfway through, which is a good sign. I mm-hmm. do want to see the next one, and I do want to finish this thing through, even if I didn't have to. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Um, yeah. But the first episode is not great viewing. Like yeah. I would recommend, you know, watch a review of it. or um watch or listen to this episode (laughs) listen to this episode or like read the wiki about it and just jump onto the second one yeah i don't think you're
1: missing much at all yeah i think that's a good piece of advice for our listeners that i don't think you're missing much at all when you watch episode one because we don't learn a heck of a lot about anything it's a lot of postulating it's a lot of like stand on occasion it's a lot of like very expensive visual effects. <laughs> it's a very expensive looking TV series. I think this has to be the most expensive looking TV series I've ever seen. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, Marvel, Marvel Studios have big budgets for their series, but not like this. This is like $200 million budget kind of deal going on for a TV series. <laughs> it's yeah, beautiful. Like, I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very grateful to watch such a very expensive TV series. But be get better, hopefully. Get better. <laughs> there are different yeah. writers... For the second episode as well which just probably makes sense
0: (laughs) i feel mean for saying that earlier
1: joke no but i I, it's kind of like in line with what people are saying they're saying that episode two is far better than the first episode so
0: okay well i am excited yeah
1: um all right well let's um let's touch base we'll um be doing episode two very very soon um and some other reviews to for people to catch up on not catch up on for for me to catch up on <laughs> other reviews that i'm going to be dropping throughout the coming weeks will be um a very long uh awaited review and recap of nope which is jordan peele's latest movie i don't know if you've gone and seen that yet tony
0: haven't seen it but i did see the trailer <laughs> mm, um I, I recommend it jordan i think peele's- it's a good watch. Is it scary? Because I can't do a lot of the it's scary, not scary stuff.
1: No, no, it's not really a horror film. It's a, it's it's kind of like a UFO horror film.
0: Okay, I watch that. That sounds yeah. cool. I do like his stuff. I did like Get Out a lot.
1: Yeah. Oh, Get Out, Get Out, and um, and Up, Up. Wait, it's not Up. What's it called? Get Up and Get Get Out and uh, Us. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. Those help you. <laughs> Those films Those films are far more scary than than uh, nope nope is very much about trying to bring back um a past memory in, in cinema that nobody does anymore and i think he'd done a pretty good job for what it's worth i have really? seen it twice and i enjoyed it much more in the second time first time didn't enjoy it that much like i i, I kind of enjoyed the concept and the ideas that jordan peele's bringing but the second time i watched it i knew what i was getting myself into and i appreciated it way more and i enjoyed it a lot more i was like oh okay cool cool um you know- so that review is going to be dropping um, in the coming week. Also got Bullet Train dropping as well. Orphan's um, first kill, which is the prequel to Orphan. Um, and then we're finishing off the Legacy series with Christopher Nolan on Tenet. So that'll be dropping in uh, next week as well. Um, where can everybody uh, find you if you want followers on your uh, social media handles?
0: <laughs> um, and my, my social media is all about food, so... I don't know if it's really relevant for
1: this, right? <laughs> hey, we probably have some food, some food hard outs in the um in the listening section here. So All right. if you, we, you we want to find join on to Instagram.
0: Eat. Book Eat Food. O-U-K Eat Food. Or one word? All one word. If you can't nice. get it, then you don't deserve to get it, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one time only, baby. One time. Um you can find legit cool podcast on Instagram. That's at legit cool podcast. Find us on um uh, whatever obviously uh, listening platform you're listening from um, whether it's Spotify Apple Google Podcasts or Apple uh, sorry Podbean um, you can also find us on Facebook which is the Legit Cool Podcast Movie Talk on Facebook so um, you can find me my personal Instagram handle is River underscore Vili that is V-I-L-I um, and i got a bunch of other um, Instagram accounts that you can find under my main profile too um, thanks for coming on the show man first
0: time here appreciate cool. it thanks no it's was fun I think we spent a long time talking so sorry for that <laughs> <Like> editing wise
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll be good we'll be good we we'll look forward to the next episode
0: alright it should be good thanks
1: nice thank you listeners bye bye yeah.